12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. everybody Angela Bowen here the host of together we're gonna find we're gonna find our way an unofficial silver spoons podcast how's everyone been doing you hanging in there like I am I'm doing all right you know I've been getting a lot of reading done and working on a lot of podcast episodes to put out of course the episodes I'll be focusing on today are season four episode 11, The Barbarians, and Season 4, Episode 12, Three Musketeers, which sadly is Freddy Lippincottleman, played by Corky Pigeon's last appearance on Silver Spoons, which is very sad. We've seen Derek leave, we've seen JT leave, it was more sad seeing, you know, Derek leave, it was a big hurrah, and I think that Freddy's last appearance is to be similar to JT's. He's just going to disappear into the oblivion. You may get a name drop once in a while, but he is going to basically cease to exist as we know it on screen. To make room for Brad. Okay. (laughs) All right. Season 4, Episode 11, The Barbarians, aired on December 8th, 1985. Edward's father... Oh, my goodness. This episode, guys, I feel is going to be a big giant dump. It's not going to be good. But then again, sometimes episodes do have a chance to surprise me, so I'm not going to throw all my cards on, you know, I'm just going to say, I'll give it a shot. Anyway, Edward's father invites him and Rick to join him at a lodge, and it is there that he unleashes his wild side. When one of his lodge mates plays a prank on him, he sets out to get back at him with Edward and Rick's help. This, I mean... I get I like Grandfather Stratton. I just like him, like, to make an appearance, like, maybe a couple times a season. And it just seems we are getting a lot of Grandfather Stratton. And I just, his sourpuss face, his attitude, I can really do without. I'd like to have a limit on that. This episode's got a 6.7 out of 10 based on 19 ratings on IMDb. Uh, Bill Irwin, okay. Oh, he plays a senator, does he? Good for him. But Bill Irwin, guys, you guys, this is a face you do not forget. He was in planes, trains, and automobiles, um, on the airplane. I think he sat, um, next to Neil Page. 
played by Steve Martin. He also had a few episodes uh, on Growing Pains, played different characters. He also was in Home Alone. He played the husband of the wife that Kevin's mother, Kate, was trying to pawn off her watch, her plane tickets, in hopes that she could take their flight to get home to Kevin sooner. We have Uncle Harry again. Oh my god. If there's anyone I don't, I mean, Uncle Harry is just, I don't, I'm tired of him. I'm bored with him. I don't want to see him. Go back to Ohio. Go back to Columbus, Uncle Harry. I'm done with him. I'm sorry, but I am. This was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duclan, the creator. We got Ron Levitt, also creator, same as Michael G. Moy. And Martin Cohen and Howard Leeds and Ben Starr. Written by Jim Giorhan and Danny Callis. Okay, good for them. Uh, let's see, do we have any trivia? No trivia. All right. Of course, before I get into this episode, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media, Silver Spoons Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Together, we're going to find our way. An unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast. If you want to support the podcast, go to iTunes and write a review or give it a rating at the Punky Power Podcast because that is where you'll find the Silver Spoons Podcast. If you want to send an email, if you have comments, questions, want to talk about your favorite moments of Silver Spoons, if you have your own opinions about episodes I've done, episodes I'm going to do, send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. All right, without further ado, let's jump into The Barbarians. I may kind of speed through this episode if it uh, is just not a lot to it. We'll see. Like I said, it might surprise me. It might not. All right, we got Grandfather Stratton sitting on the couch in the living room of the Stratton house. He is reading the Wall Street Financial. So Rick comes in. Like I say, nobody looks good in yellow. Rick, of course, his hair is, he's got that, I don't think you can even call it a baby mullet anymore. It is getting to where we could probably even call it a mini mullet. So it goes from baby mullet, barely there, to mini mullet. Eventually, season five will get to full mullet. I don't know. And Rick's like, Grandfather, you're not going to sit there and read the paper. And, of course, he pulls down the paper and says, why not? And Edward sits on Grandfather's, his father's other side and says, we're going to play Trivia T, which I guess is like, like Trivial Pursuit, but with trivia question. Maybe it's even a game that he created himself because, you know, Eddie toys and all. And he talks about the categories. Happy, yuppie, that's one of the editions. Stage and scream, world of sports. And grandfather's like, do you have the business edition? And Rick's like, no. So grandfather's like, well, nuts to that. And he goes back to his paper. Let me know when you do. Rick's like, hey, is there any other game you might like to play? And grandfather just says, no, behind his paper. Edward's like, well, okay, I'm going into the kitchen away from my father because my blood pressure is going to boil if he doesn't uh, leave right now. Of course, Rick knows how to get on his grandfather's nerves. He just, like, turns his head and he's like, yeah. So grandfather feels like, hey, I'm not going to get anywhere with this paper because my grandson is whistling annoyingly, and he just puts it down. 
So Grandfather puts a hand on Rick's knee and says, you know, Richard, I think you're finding your grandfather a bit boring. I was like, oh, heck no. I don't think that about you. You're just tranquil. So Grandfather surprises us all when he reveals he's got a secret wild side. Sometimes I like to cut loose and just go crazy. I'm like, really, I would like to see them. Well, wait, 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 wait a sec. Wait just a sec. There is an episode in season three. Let me look it up. I know what the episode is. Is it this one? Uh, no, it's not that one. Let's see. Trouble with Grandfather. Yes, season three, episode 13. Grandfather Stratton announces his retirement just to have some fun. And he winds up in jail from all that fun and craziness. Rick just laughs it off like, oh, you go crazy? Really, what do you do? Go to a board meeting without your vest? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, come on now. I'm not, I'm not buying this you go crazy type attitude. You gotta give it to Joel Higgins here who plays Edward. He definitely does know how to pull off a good impression of John Houseman. He's got the bottom lip stuck out. He's it's good he takes on the persona of a frog face. It's just wow. He's like, just once I wish my father would like be interested in something in the National Enquirer about a three headed something or other. Kate, of course, is holding, like, a pipe, or not a pipe, um, something that you would use to fix a leaky uh, pipe underneath, like a kitchen sink or something. Three-headed monkey, excuse me, okay. Kate, of course, is like, you had me at three-headed monkey, what about this three-headed monkey? I'm interested. And, of course, Edward's like, there is no three-headed monkey, I made it. And, of course, she's like, well, that's the Inquirer for you. Oh, Kate isn't actually doing the work underneath the kitchen sink. Uncle Harry is. Yes, Uncle Harry, who needs to go back to Columbus, Ohio, please, now. Oh, my goodness. This is such a rehash. I think I'm going to really run through this episode fast. I am just, I'm so sick of Edward. Like, my father and I have nothing in common. Ah! Oh, I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> now, Grandfather, you're not just going to sit there and read the stock reports, are you? Why not? Well, we thought you might want to play a game of trivia tees. We have all the editions, Happy Yuppie, Stage and Screen, World of Sports. Have the business edition? No. If you know what you do. <laughs> Is there any other game you'd like to play? No. <laughs> Too bad, so wish you. Richard, afraid you're finding your grandfather a bit boring. Heck no, you're not boring, you're just tranquil. What if I told you that at times to cut loose go absolutely crazy? Go crazy? Come on, what do you do, go to a board meeting without your vest? Inquirer for you. 
to work. There we go. That's how you do it, old man. <laughs> oh, crap. Now the one turn off. Shoot. Oh, come on. All he did was hit a button. There you go. Oh, he pounded a counter. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, Edward's just like, oh, my father and I don't connect. Oh, gosh, maybe I'm not trying hard enough, like, oh, please, this is a little violin is playing a little tune. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Kate apparently has no problem connecting with members of her family, so she doesn't know how to, like, I don't have any suggestions for you. My family and I get along beautifully. Apparently, Uncle Harry is repairing the garbage disposal, and then, of course, he goes to flick the, you know, the the thing to get it to go when it's not going. It's like, oh my goodness. Of course, Edward, I thought he flipped the switch himself and it went on, but no, he like pounded on the counter next to the sink and it turned on and apparently they tried the switch again and it's just like, great, now it won't turn off. And of course, Edward's like, just pounding his fist on the counter again and it turns off. You need to fix that. You're not going to break your hand. Just keep like, here, let me pound it. Poof. Oh, now it's out. Now it's off. Like, no. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Dad, guess what? Grandpa is a member of the Barbarians, a secret special club. And they go down to South Carolina, and it's a big thing. And can I go? I'm going on Grandpa's private jet. And for a second, it looks like Edward might have a tinge of jealousy. Like, oh my gosh, my father will spend time with my son, but he won't spend time with me. Um, but he's like, yeah, Rick, you can go. Edward's gonna go and ice his fist, his hand, because he's probably broken a little bit, of, you know, sprained it from bashing it on the countertop. Oh, Harry! Oh, I guess, uh, private club is what Harry wants to, he's like, oh, so, Mr. Stratton, private club, huh? I'm into that. Can I, where can I sign up? Apparently, you can't, no, this is, it's close to all members except for the the grandkids of said members private club eh i used to belong to one of the privatest clubs you could belong to 
plenty of fresh air and sunshine, <laughs> all the food you can eat. Maybe you heard of it. The U.S. Army? <laughs> I'm telling you, we can have a million laughs at that barbarian club. Has anybody told you how exclusive this club of mine is? Its members are famous <laughs> industrialists, powerful politicians, no, justices boring. the Supreme Court. Yeah, I'd fit right in. <laughs> it's a show. I've been looking for a club to join. I need to hang out with guys who fulfill my social and intellectual needs. You better get in touch with Larry, Moe, and Curly. <laughs> Leaving <laughs> so soon, Father? I have a lot of arrangements to make for this coming weekend. It's nice of you to invite Rick. Well, again, you never were. Sure I was. You once described it as a gathering place of power mongers and money-hungry philistines. That was before I knew you had a lake. <laughs> a lake? He wants to go fishing? If you, you'll sulk. If that's an invitation, I accept. <laughs> once in with the bar barbarians like hey I was in the army I feel I fit in and grandfather's all like look no I don't think it's a good idea it's filled with politicians and political figures and industrialists and all that stuff and of course Harry is he will not take no for an answer he finally does like turn away after grandfather says you might want to call up Larry, Curly, and Moe. And, of course, Edward comes down as his father is about to leave, and he's like, wow, um, you know what? I would love to go with you on this weekend. I mean, since you're taking Rick. I mean, you had me at the word lake. And Grandfather Stratton is like, look, I don't... You made fun of the club, and you just said we're a bunch of, like, stuff shirts and this and that. It's like, I don't think I want to bring you. But he finally concedes and says, okay, you can come. And of course, he's so excited. It almost seems like whenever Rick and his grandfather want to do something, Edward gets jealous. And it's like, oh, I want to go. Oh, I want to go. Include me. I'm your son. You never did anything with me, except for that trip we took when I was 12 to New Hampshire when you closed on a, on a summer camp. So we get to this place, we kind of see around the room, it's all white-haired old men who all look like they're, like, taking a six o'clock at night nap. Rick is like, really, these are the wild and crazy barbarians? Oi. They all look like they got one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. Pathetic. <laughs> it really is. It makes it look like they're in a senior citizen home where most of the people are napping and the guy that isn't that's reading uh, the newspaper is like shuffling the papers or, you know, turning the pages and everyone on the couch just wakes up and goes, Shh. What? No. So, Rick and Edward, they're not impressed. Like, I thought these people did wild and crazy things. Grandfather said he'd, like, cut loose and get wild and 
go like streak and 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 jump naked in the in the lake or something like that. I can't picture any. I don't want to picture any of these guys doing that. Uh, where is grandfather anyway? Isn't he supposed to be there? I don't recognize him, and all these other guys are pretty, like, slim, tall, lanky, old men. So, Ebert sees the cheese platter. Of course, there's also uh, crackers on a separate platter. And Ebert's like, hey, you want some cheese, Rick? Rick's like, what kind is it? And the guy reading the paper's like, 8 o'clock. And Rick's like, gosh, can you die from boredom? Oh. There he was! He was up against a wall! No wonder I couldn't see him. He blended into the, the stonework on the fireplace. Like he melted right out of the wall and came to life. I'm gonna play this clip, because this is just, wow. I, I definitely see myself, like, plowing through this episode as just boring, snoring. You dropped the ball on this, writers. You couldn't have come up with something better? <laughs> the ashes? Oh, the plates in that thing. Sir? <laughs> He's gonna break it on his head! Oh my gosh! 
much at all. Well, now they seem more lively. They got hats. <laughs> oh my gosh. The conga ing! <laughs> Skippy's a general of, um, we learn that the barbarian's name for grandfather is Porky. <laughs> um, of course, Goofy is the senator's nickname, and of course we gotta wait for Skippy, the youngest member, to get there with this wooden case that has a plate. We got someone doing something on this horn of sorts. And Grandfather break. I didn't even know he was going to break that plate over that man's head. And they're all putting on party hats. We got someone with a stereo. And they're all, like, doing a conga line out the door. And, of course, I love Rick's line. Did someone spike the cocoa? <laughs> so, Rick and Everett come in and it's like, oh, my gosh. They really know how to get down. And apparently, Everett's like, wow, the game's flung your dentures across the lake. They both covered in like hay and stuff. Did someone like? That's just weird. Cause Edward's wearing this like. If you've seen Back to the Future, we'll call it his life preserver. <laughs> and it's just it's dirty. They got like hay or straw or something on their clothes and in their hair. So Rick's like, well, I'm gonna hit the hay and take a shower. And he's like, oh man, I still have these spaghettios in my hair. It's like, uh, we're going to need our shut-eye if tomorrow's anything like tonight was. There's, it's so dang dark on this set. You can't even really tell what that thing's supposed to be when Rick opens the door because he wanted to take a shower. Is that a cow? I can't tell. It looks like it could have horns. I can't tell. It's so dark. Rick just shuts the door like, well, I guess I'm not taking a shower tonight. Well, Rick opens the door again and is like, hey, Dad, come over here. Take a look at this thing. I think it's a cow, but it needs to step out into the open so I can tell for sure. I think that might be its nose. It might be a cow just based on the, the wet nose. The big nostril nose. Wet nose. Cow. Okay, well, we got confirmation. It's a cow. As Edward's like, holy cow. And it moves, so clearly it's a cow. I'm gonna play this clip.
Father, there's someone waiting to see you. It's my hand. Now, they have thrown down the gauntlet. That settles it. This means war. <laughs> So Grandfather declares war after he sees the cow wearing his hat. He goes out and says, this means war! I'm ready for this episode to be over with. I mean, the cow is like the only thing that is keeping me interested. Can we see more of the cow, please? Because I like the cow. According to the time, there's 13 minutes left in this episode. I mean, maybe less if you count the bumpers in between. So back at the Stratton house, because apparently the writers are a little bored with what's going on right now. Uncle Harry is dressed like a burglar. He's wearing all black. Scares the crap out of Kate, who comes down. Why are you dressed like a burglar? Apparently, Uncle Harry wants to infiltrate this barbarians thing, because he heads out. And we go back to the cabin in South Carolina with the lake. So, Grandfather thinks that Senator Plath, or whatever his name is, is out to get him. And he's like, alright, I want to plot my revenge. And Edward's like, how are you so sure that it's the senator that pulled this thing with a cow? And Grandfather's like, well, he has motive. So, apparently, Grandfather refused to support his last presidential bid. Okay, this is, this is boring me. Grandfather says that he stapled the senator's socks together. Great. Of course, there's a knock at the door. Grandfather asks for the password, which is the ticker tape takes its toll something in Toronto. So they sent Rick out to do a little bit of scouting. And of course, he noticed that the senator is booked in cabin 18 and his Rolls, Rolls Royce, is parked in front of cabin 35. What are they going to, are they going to push his roll? Hey, there's a squirrel out there. That is a, yeah, that is a squirrel. Um, <laughs> see how easily distracted I am when it's a nice day? <laughs> um, I'm guessing they're going to push his car into the lake. That is what I'm going to think. What we've got planned here could be one of the most sensational capers the entire annals of the Barbarians Club. <laughs> I have one question. How can you be so sure it's Senator Platt? Motive. <laughs> they will forgive me for what I did to him. That's right. You refused to support his last presidential bid. Worse, last uh, summer I stapled his socks together. <laughs> I'll get it. Wait a minute. Dashwood. The ticker tape takes its toll when times are tough in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? It's me, Harry. 
cabins and everything. It's just a hand-drawn map by whoever worked on the staff or whatever. And they're just trying to decide what to do. Basically, I don't know, what are they taking his car and then taking it across? I don't know. It's just so confusing. Um, Harry comes via jet, brings all the supplies, so I guess he was originally going to be, I don't know. Um, and he wants to have a hand in helping out. Of course, they don't want him there because it's a quote-unquote family matter. Only the father, the son, and the grandson can pull this off, apparently. So they shove Harry out the door, say, go home, they're just waiting for you. And it's like, all right, men, are you ready to do this? And they're like, I don't know. And it's like, are you ready? Yes, sir, we're ready. Okay, great. Apparently the bill for all that stuff that Harry unloaded for them was 175 bucks. And Edward just pulls out, like, a bunch of, like, folded bills. I can barely see anything in this scene. I know it's nighttime, the guy is sleeping, but you can't even really tell what they're doing. Like, Rick somehow has, like, gotten into the senator's cabin, and then I guess his dad and grandfather are in there, too? I wouldn't even got- what? What? They're stealing his toilet? Uh, or the place's toilet? That was in the senator's- this is a bunch of- This is definitely gonna be my lowest rated episode. I honestly- and this is the first time I'm going to do this. I'm going to rate this one a one. And that's pretty sad because even the president, Mr. President episode from like season two, I think it's from season two or one. I can't remember. But I think it's season two. That one, I think I gave a two. This is just bonkers nuts. Makes no sense. The writers, I guess, were taking a vacation in their mind because this is a horrible episode. It's just, it's, it sucks. It's really crappy. Oh, that's just great. Rick and Edward come out with the toilet and then Grandfather's like, oh, well, that may not have been the senator. Well, it's dark. They can't tell. Rick's got a flashlight shining on the guy's face. 
Ay, ay, ay. He says it might be this Grimsby judge person or something. Like, ugh, great. He's never forgiven me for putting hay in his shredded wheat. Oh my god. Can we just get over with this episode? I am over it. I've been over it. I'm just gonna play this little clip here. Let's get this episode over with. And I think Three Musketeers is gonna be a thousand times better because any episode, the Mr. President episode would have been, is better than this. And I downright just hated that one. But I hate this one more because there's nothing to it. It's the half the dang episode is all done in the dark. You can't see anything. People were out to lunch when this episode was written, I guess, because this is just horribly garbage. It's garbage! And I think at this point in the podcast, I mean, I kind of, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I am really ready to be done with Silver Spoons. I like it, but it's episodes like these that really push the edge of the envelope of like, I want to get this over with. And I definitely, it's getting done this year. I don't mean I'm going to rush through all the episodes, but if they're like this, I am definitely just going to be done because I can't, I just can't. This is absolutely horrendous. I found no enjoyment in this episode. I'm giving it a one. I can't even give it zero toy trains. I have to give it at least one. And that's it, because I don't think, like I said, I've never rated any of the episodes below a two. And they'd have to be pretty bad for two, but this is 100% awful. I'd rather be tied to a chair, watch the Mr. President, which I had considered was the worst episode of Silver Spoons, until I saw this. I'd rather be tied to a chair, watch Mr. President for 24 hours straight, than ever see this one again. This is just terrible. <laughs> own bush, I get it, to take a dump or a pee, yeah. I still can't believe that my grandpa, the head of Strad Industries, can swipe all these toilets out from under their noses. This wasn't exactly their noses. A toast to my father, who after 40 years of stuffiness showed that he can be silly putty. <laughs> my son. some cold soda uh, pops and they're celebrating that they got one over on all those old men who will have to find a bush to relieve themselves or take a dump <laughs> because they've gotten every single toilet in every single cabin of that place 
And of course, grandfather's like, oh, my son, is he and Edward hug? Grandfather takes his pop and dumps the can on the back of Edward's head, unsuspectingly. <laughs> uh. So back at the Stratton home, Kate and Uncle Harry are waiting for the Stratton men to get home. Edward and Rick are just laughing their butts off. <laughs> and Rick, or no, Edward like gives Rick like a wedgie, like pulls him up by his pants. What the heck is this? Rick's like, rawhide, and he grabs his dad's pants and, like, hikes him up behind him. Like, basically, your dad gave you a wedgie, now you're giving him a mega wedgie, which, what, they refer to as rawhide? I don't know. Ew! I just thought of it. Ew, that's gross. Of course, they start to go after Uncle Harry, like, runs out of the living room. Like, you better not be giving me no rawhide wedgie. They better not try anything with Kate. I swear. And uh, Edward hugs Kate. And she's like, oh, well, I guess I can't ask you how your weekend was. And of course, they're like, oh, no, we're sworn to secrecy. <laughs> so Edward's like, oh, how was your weekend? And she's like, oh, well, that's a secret, too, between me and the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, Kate. I love the look she gives him. Like, oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> oh, boy. Doorbell rings. I wonder who that will be. Oh, shoot. <coughs> what? Is someone dead? What is this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Grandfather comes in and gives uh, Rick his camcorder, camera, I can't tell what it is because it was like in a case. So you need to take better care of your stuff. He's pretty much back to being his own self because they were going to give him a rawhide wedgie, Rick and Edward were. And he turns on them, Grandfather does, and puts his fist up like, you try it, I will deck you both. <laughs> I would never want to see that man in a loincloth, Grandfather said. No, thank you. <laughs> um, of course, he leaves. He's his grumpy old self. And uh, Kate goes into the kitchen. She, Edward! And of course, I thought Uncle Harry was dead. Um, no, he's not. Um, it's a cow! That cow wearing Grandfather's hat. As we see his face <laughs> smiling, that tight-lipped smile in the window there from outside. Oh, my God. That's the episode. I'm still going to just rate this a one. I really, I didn't like it. I mean, the ending was funny with the wedgies and rawhide wedgies and whatnot. But other than that, it's like, uh, no. Just, the episode just bored. I mean, the cow was cute and everything, don't get me wrong. And I like the reappearance of the cow, but it's still not going to bump it up to a two. So one out of five trains. I mean, like I said, uh, the four things I could say wrong with it a lot. The plot, the grandfather with the barbarians and the old men, uh, the removing, the darkness of the scenes where you can't even tell what's going on. That's another one. Uncle Harry's still there. Why is he still there? Can he, like, go back to Columbus now? Because I'm tired of him. I know we don't get him in every episode, but I'm seriously done with him. And like I said, even the cow in the end and the uh, rawhide wedgies did not bump this from a one to a two. So, lesson learned. Um, this isn't going to go, this is going to go towards the writers. Come up with a better script. In fact, come up with some better lighting, because you can't, like, that second, you couldn't even see anything that was going on. It was just, if, I, w I would call this one a filler episode, because this is just, they're not all going to be winners, they're not all going to be first place winner episodes, but this one is just, ugh. Luckily, we can move on to the next episode, which is a lot better, it's, Freddy's farewell episode. I mean, he's not moving or anything. We'll just... I don't know what's going to happen, how they write him out. They may not even write him out of the show. They may just say, hey, uh, have you heard from Brad Freddy? You haven't? Okay. So, of course, I'm talking about episode 12 of season 4. Three Musketeers, December 15th, 1985. Has a 6.9. It's got two higher than the last episode. Freddy writes a letter that catches the attention of Congress... Tip O'Neill, who is a real person. Thomas P. Tip O'Neill. That's wonderful. Uh, directed by David Shea, or Jack Shea, I'm sorry, David W. Duthon, the right, uh, creator, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, um, creator, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds. We got story, Jerry Jacobius. And Nick Gore and Teleplay by Tom Straw. There are no reviews, as usual. There really aren't in this on um, these episodes on IMDb. So, without further ado, let's jump into the Three Musketeers. All right, so we come out of the intro, and Kate is telling the boys to come on out. 
she's carrying one of those um, measuring tape things for you know measuring clothes and stuff like that when you're making your own clothes. Telling the boys to hurry up. Of course, Rick's like, yeah, I don't want to do that because these things you made for us, just they don't look right. And Kate's like, don't worry. I'm sure whatever it is, we can fix it. And the boys come out, Rick and Freddie and Alfonso. And they're dressed cute. I mean, they're supposed to be the three musketeers. I'd say she did a good job. Well, I guess Kate thinks it needs a little work. Of course, Rick's like, hey, look, we're supposed to be the three musketeers. We look like Larry, Moe, and Curly. You do not. You got cool hats with feathers coming out of them. It's, it's cute. And of course, Kate will see you didn't believe me when I told you I couldn't sew. And Alfonso's like, okay, now we believe you that you can't. Of course, uh, she tells them that the hats look great. And Rick's like, yeah, that's because you didn't touch the hats. Because they got, like, red, white, and blue feathers coming out of them. They almost kind of look like pirates in a way. I forgot Rick goes to Fuller High School. Uh, the Three Musketeers. It's just, like, butcher paper. This says Three Musketeers in black lettering. And then Fuller High School quad in red. And then... And black lettering says noon Friday. And then you see, oh, it looks like Ricky Stratton's name is, like, bigger than, like, Alfonso and um, Freddie's name. But then, of course, Freddie's like, oh, look at this sign. And we all know, guys, Freddie is such a klutz. He goes and rips it. Like, that, that's wonderful. They only made one of them, so, uh. And Freddie asks, like, hey, Kate, do you have any tape? And she's like, yeah, it's in the kitchen somewhere because, you know, he's got to fix it. Because I guess the top half of the sign, that sign just needs to just be thrown away. Well, it's ripped. No tape, amount of tape is going to fix that disgusting sign. It needs to, it needs flair. Why is she having to, or them have to do the sign? I mean, I was never in a play in high school, but I'm pretty sure you did the work at school, like after school. You didn't have your parents make the sign for you, not that they did, but Freddie's like, why is your name, why is, why is my name last? Like, <sighs> and Rick's like, Stratton, Spears, and Lippin Conlon. He says it's in reverse alphabetical order. I'm sure that Freddie will believe that. Because Freddy's just that type of person. I love how he like kind of grins down at Kate. Like, see how creative I was there? <laughs> I think he'll buy it. Of course he bought it, because he's Freddy. <laughs> he's agreeable with everything. Come on, guys. What's taking so long? These costumes made for us don't look right. Whatever the problem is, I'm sure we can fix it. Freddy. Uh, do you have any tape? It's in the kitchen, the drawer by the sink. Wait a minute. 
Why is my name last? Strategy sucks, Freddy. It's in reverse alphabetical order. Of course, yes. Well, at least it's for a worthy cause. You don't know how worthy. This is our only chance to get into the drama club. And if we do that, we get a shot at all those big, beautiful actress types. That's what I like about you, Rick. You dream big. What the heck? Dang it, Freddy! Doesn't it make you nervous that we're asking Freddy to walk and hold a soft object at the same time? <laughs> this episode is a bit more enjoyable already than the last one. Of course the only reason Rick says they're doing this is not just for the credit that can supposedly, you know, look good, you know, extracurricular activities on a college application, but of course the main thing, because they're teenage boys, to meet girls, and this is a surefire way to meet some lovely actresses down the road if they decide to pursue a career in acting. Granted, Remember how Freddy was getting some tape? He does something. I don't know what he breaks since we only hear this crash. Like, ugh. Kate, of course, reminds him that they're the three musketeers. And she's still holding on to those fabric scissors. They're pretty big. And it's like, you are, like, so close to the side of Rick's neck. One jolt and you're slicing into that boy's jugular. Like, put the... Scissors down, Kate. <laughs> of course, when I get a closer inspection of their Three Musketeer outfits, I can see why they don't like them. They're covered in safety pins. Like, I'm sure she's got to put some finishing touches on them. Like, you can't just keep those safety pins in there. That's a safety hazard, too. And I love how Alfonso's like, gosh, Rick, can you um, believe that we're actually entrusting that Freddy can walk and hold a sharp object without, you know, impaling himself. So Edward comes in the door, looks like he's had a rough day just by the expression on his face. Hello, everybody. Oh, hi, hi. Oh, what a mess. Oh, heavy traffic? Heavy? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. Me and the guys in the cars on either side of me are planning a reunion in ten years. <laughs> That's cute. I like No, do not let him. He's going to kill himself or somebody else. <laughs> it is plastic, okay, because no. You're going to stab somebody in the gut. Yeah, move him, move Rick out of the way. 
Oh wow, he did it! Awesome! Oh, dang, pretty! Put this thing down. Put the sword down. I hope that wasn't something you liked. Oh no no no! Looks much better down there. There's a lot more of it. What the heck, man? Who is that? Are you moving? He is. is he moving? My son. My son. <laughs> what do I do now? Oh, I'm so proud of you. Eduardo, turn on that TV quick. Channel 6. What is it? What's going on? I just got a call at my house a few minutes ago. Come on, Eduardo, turn that puppy up. Eduardo? The plight of our nation's homeless was the subject of a press conference held by Speaker of the House, Thomas Tip O'Neill. Never heard of him. This what? statistic. These are human beings whose plight was expressed in a touching letter I received from a high school student. Just switch students. Sit down and shut your mouth. Dear Mr. O'Neill, I'm 15 years old and I live in Shallow Springs, Long Island. I spent a lot of time hanging out at the mall. My parents like to joke that I live there. The only person that really lives there is an old lady named the Duchess. During the summer, the Duchess <laughs> sleeps on a platter box outside the mall. In the winter, she huddles in the underground parking lot near the boiler room. By now, you probably guessed it. She really isn't a Duchess. I haven't seen her there for a while, and I'm worried. Winter's coming. Wouldn't you think in a country this rich, nice old ladies like the Duchess wouldn't have to sleep on the streets? She doesn't need that much. Just somebody to care enough to give her a place to sleep. Is that really too much to ask? <laughs> Sincerely, Frederick Mudge, Lippincottle Man. No, Frederick, that's not asking too much. With youth like you who care, <laughs> this country will always be great. That was from our assignment in civics. <laughs> I can't believe it. Freddie, look at Cottle Man, coast to coast. <laughs> Only in America. <laughs> that was a wonderful letter, Freddie. I was really honest, sincere, and caring. You must be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me since... Since birth. <laughs> well, let's just hope that letter causes some people to think. Think? Oh, right, the homeless thing. <laughs> Weren't you guys homeless? Too bad you boys didn't make the network news. <laughs> it's easy to see where Freddie gets all his sensitivity. Yeah, really. It's all in the jeans. <laughs> So, going back to Edward coming in, he had kind of like a bummed out look on his face. Apparently, he'd been sitting in traffic forever, and the guys in the cars next to him, apparently, they're planning a reunion in 10 years. And Rick's like, hey, Dad, you're going to show, show us the thing with the sword, remember? Because at first, I thought it was real. I'm like, no, those are not real swords. Um, yeah, so basically, what Edward does is like you bend the sword into the ground, and then you kind of catch it on the hilt on the way up. 
And of course, Freddy wants to try, and I like Edward, like, pulling Rick away, like, at least five feet, because you know Freddy. Surprisingly, Freddy does get it, like, on the first go, and I'm just like, wow. And of course, um, the poor, like, I don't know whether it was a vase potted plant on an end table by the couch, but of course he smashes that thing. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I hope that wasn't something you liked. And Edward's like, oh no, it looks great on the ground. And of course there's a knock at the door, and when I mean a knock, I mean uh, someone's about ready to bust in your door. Like, what is the... It's Freddy's father, who says, oh, turn on the news! My son is gonna be on the news! Because this uh, Thomas Tip O'Neill person was reading a letter, and it dealt with homelessness, homelessness, and I'm just thinking at first, remember the Christmas episode from season three? And how uh, Freddy and his family's house, like, exploded because his dad was trying to make uh, chestnuts, and I did the whole thing about how you're supposed to properly roast chestnuts if you want to do it over an open flame. I thought this was going to be something about him, but no. It was something about a homeless lady he referred to as, like, a queen who hung out at the mall and she slept, like, on a plank of boards. And he's just kind of calling to the people's attention, like, the homelessness. Like, why are we turning a blind eye? Is this too much to ask that this lady and others like her get the help that they need? So instead of it being about Freddie and his family, because I'm sure, like, Insurance must have covered them rebuilding their house because we never heard anything about this again. You know, I really don't like Freddy's father. Happily, Freddy is really nothing. He's not really too much like his dad because his dad's like, oh, it's a shame that you. It, this was for their civics homework or something, a civics project, if you will. And of course, Freddy's father's got to rub it in like, oh, it's a shame that your boy wasn't on the news. Eduardo. I hate that he calls him Eduardo. It's so annoying. Of course, Rick's going to point that out much later when he's uh, in his room sulking about Freddy being popular all of a sudden. And Alfonso and Rick are just kind of being edged out of uh, Freddy's life by Freddy himself. Because he wants to be Mr. Popular in the spotlight. You'll get his five seconds, five minutes, fifteen minutes of fame. But it's not like they show his picture on the news. They only got a name to go by. And what kids are watching that report? What kids in 1985, 6, I can't remember, are watching this dude? I've never even heard of him. Granted, I was like 3 or f in 86, I was 4. Well, but you get the idea. I mean, I, I've never even heard of this guy. I like that Fred... Freddy's got a caring heart. And his father, like, goes over to this French flag because the boys are going to do the Three Musketeers play thing. And his father goes over to it, salutes it, like, only in America. <sighs> like, it's almost like saying nuts to you, France, or something. Like, don't, don't do that. This guy's a jerk. I like this character in Punky Brewster. At least that guy was kind of nice. Eventually, once, uh, you know, he played the banker that Punky wanted to get a loan from in season one. Because she wanted to help Henry raise her until the age of 18. And Kate, of course, points out how Freddie's just so sweet and caring and sincere and everything with his letter. It really was sweet. 
He's like, yeah, this is the best thing to happen to me since, like, birth. Yeah, Freddy's never been in the spotlight before, so. I know it's gonna go to his head. I know it is. Isn't it just funny how tall this kid has gotten since season... He's, he's this little guy in season one. <laughs> so Freddy, Freddy's father said, like, his wife was gonna be stopping by because his nickname for her is, like, gorgeous or something. She went to the beauty parlor because she wants to look good. Uh, no, actually, it's the news people that want to get the scoop on Freddy Living Coddleman. How did they even know he was going to be there? His father must have given them a tip about it. Hi, Debbie Thompson, New York World. Hi, hi. How did it feel to be on national TV? It's not me you want. You want Freddy. <laughs> Which is him all the way. How did it feel to be on national TV? Oh my gosh! Who's taking your picture, kid? This reaffirms my faith in democracy. That's not what he said. He said, this is real neato. This is great for Freddy, isn't it? It's just luck. Dumb luck. Hey, yo, Rick. Yo, Alfonso. Hey, way to go, Fred, man. See you guys later. Good. I like that. <laughs> I usually open it up with this hand. That's also 
the hand he waves hi with. <laughs> Listen, Freddie, we were wondering if you could do a guest shot tomorrow on Noontime New York. Noontime New York? Yeah. That's a really sophisticated show. Oh, you bet. You'll be on with Mayor Ed Koch and the Bill Baird puppets. Oh, I love those puppets. I'll be there. Good, good. Wait a minute, Freddie. Noontime New York is on at noon. That's when we have to do the Three Musketeers. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Can he do the show the day after? He already has a previous commitment. Wait a minute, Rick. I could talk for myself. Really, I'll can you? Good. What are you doing? Get real, Rick. We're talking high school play versus major media exposure. That play is very important, Alfonso and me. And to you two up until a few minutes ago, that was then. You can't live in the past. Times have changed. I'm hot. No, you're not, Freddy. Jerk. When the lady's doing the interview, Freddie's all waving like no one has a video camera. You're basically being recorded with a recorder. And then she's going to write a piece on you in the paper. But apparently the guy gets a picture of him waving, hey, hi, I'm Freddie. Like, ugh. and of course it's just, it's a crappy photo. It's just, it's not good. And apparently they, you know how sometimes journalists or, or newspaper writers, they'll misquote someone or they'll say something that the person didn't say to kind of make the article look better. The lady had Freddie quoting, this affirms my faith in democracy. And Rick's like, Freddie never said that. I love Rick's impression of Freddie. He said, that's a real Nino. <laughs> Dang, I think uh, Rick does a better impression of Freddie than... Even Edward doing an impression of his father. <laughs> so all Rick really has to do is like squint his eyes and like uh, plaster a tight smile on his face and pitch his voice up a couple octaves. <laughs> hey, would you say really that this is really that great of a thing for Freddy? He's going to ride it out. The 15 minutes of fame will be gone. And who is he going to be left with? He's already treating his friends like garbage, which we'll see in just a moment with that whole news crew co going in there. He just wrote a, a little paper to some guy about the homeless situation in New York. Now he's getting, like, TV interviews, picture in the paper. He's having someone who wants to do it, like, maybe a TV movie and maybe even a documentary series. I'm guessing that's why the people there, the news people, are there to film him. You're not, I mean, I know there are a lot of TV movies in the 80s, guys. Every single week there is a big one about something. Freddie was just writing a letter to a guy about the homeless situation, about one lady in particular, Queen something, which isn't even her real name. I feel bad for her, which is interesting because in the next, there's an episode called The Lady is a Tramp, which is two episodes after this one where Rick brings home a bag lady. So maybe he's learning by example. Of course, Freddy is being followed by a few jocks, one of which is Brad, a new friend who will replace Freddy after Freddy is out this episode. And I had no idea that this Brad guy was a jock. I, had, I mean, he's wearing a leather jacket with the tan leather sleeves and, you know... And Alfonso 
And Rick are just flabbergasted, like, oh my gosh, they're actually talking to Freddy? Why? Because they heard his name on the... They all watched that program with that tip guy. And they all saw his poorly self black and white photo, horrible photo. See, now I sound like I'm jealous. I'm really not. I'm pretty... I think I was in the paper once when I was like nine. It was pretty cool. I don't have the um, article anymore that, like, went away, probably in the trash, you know, decades ago. <laughs> oh, it's nice that Brad acknowledges, hey, Rick, yo, Alfonso, hey, Fred, man, we'll see you later, boom, right in the, right in the arm, you know, the whole shoulder, uh, 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 that kind of thing. So, Freddy, of course, is like, oh, my arm's getting tired from waving at people. Everyone's saying hi to me, and Rick's like... Uh, you know, you can say hi without having to wave at people. And Freddy's like, well, I can't stop it. Once I've started, it's like, he, he's basking, he's he's milking this famousness is what he's doing. Every second of his 15 minutes of fame, he's going to milk every millisecond of it. Oh, he says, I don't want to change just because I'm famous. You're not. People are going to be on to something else a day later. You're going to be yesterday's news. Amazing how his glasses magnify his eyeballs. His eyeballs are just, like, huge. And I love Alfonso because when you hear in the clip, you, I say, you're not famous, Freddy. Alfonso's like, you're not that famous. Like, yes, great minds think alike. Oh, good grief. Apparently, Freddy got a call from an agent out in Hollywood, California. Because he wants to do a TV movie. And my dad, of course, thinks it's a great opportunity. What is the movie going to be about? Well, I mean, if they throw in the fact that Freddy's house burned down, that could be a story. Other than that, what else are they going to talk about? Oh, and then he wrote a letter to this Tip O'Neill dude. And that's pretty much it. Must be a slow media day, cause and mind you, this is before the internet, so everything you read is either gonna be on the TV or is gonna be in the paper. These, those are the only ways that you can apparently get famous. Otherwise, you being in a, in a movie or a TV show, another way to get famous. But like I said, he's milking it, milking it hard. I love how Rick makes fun of him. Like, hi, what's it gonna be about? Hi, hi, I'm Freddy. Hi, like. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I think, even though Rick, they may be a smidge jealous, but they are just like, Freddy, you are not... <sighs> I guess we can just let him have this moment. He's never going to have this again, so... Some girl, a cheerleader, comes up to Freddy, completely ignores Rick and Alfonso. It's like, hi, Freddy, you want to go out on a date? And of course... Rick's all like, oh, he's like right behind her, like, oh, hi, do you want to like come see the Three Musketeers play that we're going to be in? <laughs> and of course, she's ignoring every, like, oh, Freddy, you want to go on a date? We can go out Friday night. <laughs> and when she says, hi, Freddy, I saw your picture in the paper this morning. And he's like, uh, I'm sorry. <sighs> that would be just like Freddy. Oh, Rick's doubting himself, saying maybe I should have worked harder on my letter. Maybe it would have been read on TV. Rick, you're going to have your episode... Um, episode 20, which is eight episodes from now, Rick, of course, is going to be a little bit famous when he has to step in for the lead singer in his band, and he gets all the girls. So, you will have your moment in the sun, Rick. Just calm down. It's going to happen. Just relax. 
let Freddy have this for once. He never gets anything. His house burned down. I love Alfonso here to Rick. He's like, Rick, it couldn't be just a letter. I think her mind is taken over by Martians. And he leaves. <laughs> uh, everyone's a little uh, Twitter-pated there with uh, old Freddy. It's like they just realized he existed. Like, oh, you go to the school? Oh, my gosh, we saw you on TV. Well, we didn't see you, but we heard about you. And Tip O'Neill, like, name-dropped you. I don't think any of them cared about the letter. They're just like, like oh, my gosh, nobody knows on TV. It's not like he was um, name-dropped on Good Morning America or something like that. This is a gross thing, as... She says, hey, do you want to go out tomorrow night? And Freddy's all like, oh my gosh, I crawl on my belly over broken glass to go out with you. Like, ew, that's an image I don't need in my mind. Rick refers to this girl, I've forgotten her name already because it's not important. I doubt we'll see her again, or if we do. He refers to her as luscious. Luscious, guys. I know it's 1985, but really? Luscious? Whew. I don't know what news place this is from but we got this guy here looks like a news anchor we got his camera crew there he's like hey do you mind if i follow you around and like ask you questions and take video footage of you and oh yeah oh sure we'll get a shot of you with your locker and it's just like oh oh so yeah freddie's gonna have his posse rolling with him his newscast posse and they say, hey, we can get you in on this channel, like, tomorrow, this interview with such and such. And, of course, it's at noon in the middle of the day. And not only that, it's at noon when the Three Musketeers play is going to be on. And, of course, Freddy is part of the Three Musketeers. So he could be a solid friend and do the play, or he could do an interview with whoever the heck this guy is, you know, working for. Okay, they want to do like a day in the life type of thing with Freddy. Oh, sounds boring. They're going to sit in on his classes too? Ugh. So Rick kind of jumps in there like, um, can we do this another day? Because Freddy's got a prior engagement. And Freddy's like, Rick, I can talk for myself. So he says, I'll do the interview. And then Rick's like, what are you doing, Freddy? And of course, Freddy's like, forget your high school play. This is major media exposure. Yeah, I get he's milking the 15 minutes of frame, but really, kid, you are as boring as a stick in the mud. You are not going to ride that popularity stick forever. So I think the final straw for Rick is... When the guy's like, hey, uh, Freddy, you want your friend to be in the shot with you? And Freddy's like, well, why? He didn't write the letter I did. It's like, Freddy, you're a jerk and a sellout. Some dang story about homelessness. I mean, I, homelessness is important, but it's just... It didn't have anything to do with him, really. It was more about him making a note of how important homelessness is in the world right now. Well, I mean, in 1985 and now. So, now Rick, of course, is going to... Who is this? Is this his father? Who's this kid? Oh, that... Why did I think that was Edward? That ain't Edward. That's another kid. Yeah, they're trying to get a third kid here to do the other half... Uh, 
the last half of the Three Musketeers because it's just Rick and Alfonso. So I guess they're trying to get a new person in there. Who's this kid? Oh, the costume's a little tight. Listen, you don't have to wear it. Did I mention after the play we've taken to a pastry shop? <laughs> Apparently that's not good enough for that kid. <laughs> Sucks, but... Yeah, right. Good luck there. wear Freddy's costume, and the kid is a large boy. And Rick's like, oh, you don't have to wear the costume. And afterwards, we'll take you to a pastry shop or something. And the kid just looks back and kind of smiles and then he throws his hand, but like, uh, no thank you. Like, you just fat shamed me, so no. <laughs> Granted, fat shame, the term was not in 1985, but that kid's like, eh, no, you can't, you can't buy me with a pastry shop. So, this guy Larry calls, another classmate who Rick is trying to get him to be in the play, because they're short of a musketeer, a musketeer, excuse me. And the guy's asking about singing, and Rick's like, no, no, there's not going to be any singing. I never said anything about singing. And then, of course, you got to clarify. It's like, no, you don't need to wear mouse ears. I said musketeer, not musketeer. So when I watched this, I was like, why are Edward's arms all dirty? Because in the background, you can kind of see him outside on the porch area, like, carrying a potted plant. So, well, that would explain the plants that are sitting on that piano that never gets played. Oh, my God. Is that piano ever going to get played on the show? I mean, we still have the rest of season four and season five to find out. Right now, it's just a paperweight or a centerpiece. 
in a conversation starter. That's about it. So, <laughs> the doorbell rings. Edward's like, oh, my hands are all covered. He's covered up to his elbows in dirt. Not once does he go over. I know they still have that door opener remote thing. But he goes up to the door and he's like on his knees, like trying to use like his forearms to open the door. And Brad comes in. He's like, oh, Mr. Stratton, I'm sorry I interrupted your praying. <laughs> so Rick's trying to get Brad into doing the musketeer role. And he's like, here, Brad, read these lines. And Brad reads them really badly. And Rick's like, oh, that was great. And, of course, Brad calls BS on this. Like, I'm not doing this. So Brad leaves. Kate comes in. And her hairdo is that of, if you've seen, I think it's like 2001's Pearl Harbor, you know Kate Beckinsale, the love interest of both Josh Hartnett and Ben Affleck? Well, she, it's like 19, when did, Jeremy, when was Pearl Harbor? Uh, 41. 41, okay, yeah, she's got a 41 type hairdo with the hair kind of pulled back. In a way, kind of kind of like that. I mean, she looks cute. Oh, real quick, before Brad left, he mentioned something about a 29-year-old being able to force her into retirement early because of uh, something that the kids did, like a prank they pulled on her or something in science. I can't remember. There's the doorbell, and, of course, Freddy is there with his father. Ugh, get out of our house. Seriously, get out of our house. You've darkened our doorstep enough. Just go. I honestly feel this is going to be the same thing that happened with JT. We're not going to get an explanation as to why Freddy just disappears. I don't think they're... There's still like 14 minutes left in this episode, but I don't think they're like moving or... Oh, we're going to go to California because uh, Freddy's going to be in that TV movie after all or, or something. That, I don't think it's that. I really don't. I think he's just going to cease to exist on screen and you'll just hear like oh i hung out with freddy last week it was okay <laughs> he tripped over his shoes you know how he does that you know how freddy yeah that's just freddy something like that but we won't ever see him again <laughs> what in the heck no go upstairs go upstairs <laughs> well, then I guess I'll have to talk to you. Well, Great. <laughs> Believe me, Edward will hear all about it when he gets back. Oh, yeah. Hi, Rick. Freddie's up in Colin in our house? What an honor. Yeah. No matter how famous I get, I'm not going to forget about my friends. <laughs> you kind of already did. to give any toys the chance to cash in on Lippincoddlemania. No. Lippincoddlemania? Yep. The Freddy poster. That's creepy. I don't like that at all. Yuck. Oh, Try again. Oh, yeah. Sure. Thank you, Kate. Yes. No. Troy, I don't think this is something we want to get into. Well, it's your loss. 
Come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Tell you about our new syndicated column. No. Letters okay. from Freddy. First one goes to Miko. Ugh. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have a play to put on. <laughs> Wait, can I talk to you a minute, Rick? Are you sure you can spare it? Don't you have another interview or something? Please, to support. What is it? Well, I wanted to talk to you about the show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Considering what I said earlier today, this is kind of difficult for me to ask. Oh, God. Hey, it's okay. Go ahead. Would you videotape Noontime New York for me? You have the nerve to ask that after you left us in a lurch? You are truly one of the most amazing people who ever walked this planet. I know your problem, Rick. You're jealous. Me? Jealous of you? You could win the New York State Lottery, marry Miss Universe, become President of the United States, and I still wouldn't be jealous. Well, if you're not jealous, can I borrow your blue blazer for the show? Out. Yeah. Go away, Freddy. Don't come back. See, I knew you were jealous. Get out of here. So I'm going to say, first of all, before we get into this whole Freddy and his father coming over, I like how Rick says to Brad, oh, don't come crawling to me when I got girls crawling all over me after this play. Don't be begging for my leftovers. But I really don't like the fact that a teacher is putting kids in charge of putting on the whole play. And the fact that Rick has to find a replacement for Freddy... That should be the teacher's job. So, Freddy's father, forgot his name already, wants Eddie Toys to get on the bandwagon for Freddy Mania. He shows Kate a picture of Freddy, like, sitting in an Oval Office, and there's basically, there's stickers on this, it's like a poster board thing of a photo of Freddy sitting in what looks like an Oval Office or in the White House or whatever. And it's got, like, pictures of, like, Mount Rushmore, you know, cartoony like pictures that you would buy of like the presidents and national monuments and everything and he's like hey do you think that Edward would go for this because Edward was on the stairs like hey it's Eduardo home and you see Edward in the background of the stairs like putting his hands up like no no and of course Kate's like no he's not here but he will be hearing about this later and he uh the heck is Freddy's father's name? Anyway, he asked Kate what she thinks. Like, hey, would Eddie Toys get on board with this? And Kate's honest. Like, it's insulting and it's tacky and it's not something that we want to be a part of. So apparently Freddy's father is going to give Kate a cup of coffee in her own house. Freddy, of course, you think he's going to apologize for leaving them in the lurch. You know, the boys, Alfonso and Rick while having to find a replacement for him. Like, oh, cool, you're going to do the play after all. And no, here's what Freddy asks. Hey, Rick, do you think that you can tape the special that I'm going to be on on TV? And I'd be like, get out. Like, you have some nerve darkening my doorway and asking me this after the what you just pulled and blew me off. No. And Freddy is all like, oh, Rick, you're just jealous. And, and I like Rick's response. I mean, he's like, even if you won a bazillion dollars, married Miss America, and became the president of the United States or whatever, I would never be jealous of you. Like, Rick has a right to be upset. It's like, dude, we were in this together and you blew us off for your 15 minutes of fame. Go away. 
I have nothing left to say to you, Frederick. Re-looking at this poster board picture of Freddy, they're like just stick on like those little um, sticky pictures of like Lincoln and Washington and the Liberty Bell and the Statue of Liberty and the American flag and the Mount Rushmore and every other little thing. And it just, Freddie's just sitting there with a tie and like a, a car, a red cardigan. And it's just, he's got this weird expression because those glasses of his magnify his eyes like five times over. So it looks like uh, Ed, <laughs> Edward, I almost called him Eduardo. Um, is going to talk to Rick about what's going on with with Freddy and everything. I think he kind of makes Rick, like, take a step back and put yourself in Freddy's shoes and how he's always felt unimportant and how Rick should maybe be a little more supportive of, you know, Freddy and everything and not be, you know, like... I think he point blank asks Rick, like, are you jealous? Is that why you're acting like this? Maybe because you're jealous. What are you doing? What happened to the picture of your biology teacher? <laughs> Want to play? 50 points, you made his face. 100, if hit both of them. You may wonder how I figured this out, but I think you're a little miffed at Freddy. Freddy's a total jerk, a moron, an idiot. I hate his guts. It's not good to keep that stuff bottled up. <laughs> he let me down, Dad, just to be on TV. They only wanted him because he lucked out with that letter. <laughs> we were doing him a favor by putting him in the play in the first place. But that doesn't matter when you're a big shot celebrity. I think there might be a little jealousy floating around in there somewhere. <laughs> Freddie accused me of that too. Just because he's got this picture in the paper, Sharon Ann Wilson asked him out, and he's being interviewed by reporters. Of course I'm jealous. <laughs> well, jealousy can be a healthy emotion. In certain primitive tribes. Do you know what the real irony is? I found Freddy in a trash can. I remember. His scout troop put him there. I taught that nerd everything. I made excuses for him. I let him tag along. And I was always there when he needed me. And he always needed me. You think just possibly you need Freddy to need you? Now that he doesn't need you anymore, your need for him to need you is... Become an even greater need. I need help. I'm not kidding. Well, what I'm trying to say is just possibly you may have gotten more out of your relationship with Freddie than you think. Like what? Well, for one thing, I think you enjoyed being important to him. Now that he's doing other things, it's hard. Another possibility is Freddie's been a jerk all along and I just haven't seen it. Give the jerk a break. <laughs> He's not used to handling all this excitement. Nobody paid that much attention to him before. I did. I know you're hurt, son. And I know you're upset. Why don't you at least try to understand what he's going through? Why don't you try to understand what I'm going through? For example, pretend that's a picture of Freddy's father. Now what do you think, Eduardo? <laughs> Turn that puppy up. 
apparently he <laughs> Rick rigged up this dartboard and put a picture of Freddy on there. And I guess before that was like his biology teacher used to have it. He used to have a picture of her up there. Why does it seem like every single time we go to Rick's room, there's a different table set up? I think we've seen this table before, but where's that fish tank? Maybe it's on the wall on one of those shelves. Yep, I see it there. It's right there. So Edward's like, you'd be surprised, but I think I figured it out that you can't stand Freddy. Or that you're a little miffed at him. And of course, Rick's just calling Freddy practically every single name in the book that's G-rated. You know, calling him a jerk, a nerd, a moron, an idiot. He goes so far only not to call him basically a loser. But he adds how he hates his guts, which I can understand that... Freddy is just basking in the glow of his 15 minutes of fame. So yeah, Rick is all like, look, he they only wanted him because of that letter. And we were doing a favor to him by putting him in that play. Oh, yeah, he, Edward flows into the jealousy right there. So yeah, pretty much Freddy got his picture in the paper, a girl named Cheryl Ann that cheerleader asked him out and now he's being interviewed by reporters it just ugh, sucks everyone's so into freddy you be careful up there there is a candle going and there's not enough room on the counter for you babe so we learned a little history of how rick and freddy came to be how they met rick's like I found Freddy in a trash can. And it turns out his scout leader troop put him in the trash can. So Rick's like, I told that nerd everything. I made excuses for him. I let him tag along. I was always there when he needed me. And he always ne needed me. And it's like, I like Edward kind of hits the nail right on the head with this. It's the fact that I think Rick needed Freddy to need him in a way. Like, Rick always looks out for the little guy he always does he's got a soft spot for for them and ever i i think honestly maybe it is true maybe rick just needed someone to need him because it may in a way that makes rick feel important like if he's got someone to you know that he's looking out for and stuff that gives him you know makes him feel wanted almost in a way saying like oh if it weren't for me you would be living in a trash can or something like that Edward even says I think your need for him to need you is an even greater need now maybe that's why Rick's a little jealous the fact that Freddy has kind of found himself in the spotlight and he feels like he doesn't need Rick Edward even tells Rick like hey I think you got more out of your relationship with Freddy than you think heck he probably got more out of the relationship than Freddy did Rick's like, well, like what, honestly? And Edward says, uh, I think you liked feeling important to him. And now that you're not, you're not handling it so well. I, I, maybe I can see where Rick, what Edward's trying to say and where he's coming from. Like trying to get Rick to think about the fact that sometimes it's hard to, when you're, when you have a friend that maybe is a little lesser than yourself, like he's kind of needy and he or she is kind of needy. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like they start to, you know, form their own identity and different interests. And 
It's almost like you help them along the way become who they are, and you feel like, oh, I wish I could get the credit for that. Or I got something to that effect, because it's almost like that's what Rick is trying to say. Like, I helped Freddy become the person he is today in a, in a way because I was always looking out for him. He always needed me, and now that he kind of schluffed us off when he became famous. Ever does say, look, just try to see from Freddy's point of view. You know, I understand that you're hurting. So, Rick's like, why don't you try to see it from my point of view? And then he's like, pretend that picture of Freddy is actually Freddy's father. What do you think now, Eduardo? Turn that puppy up. As in, the volume on the TV when Freddy's dad had come over originally. Turn the TV on! Turn that puppy up! We can't hear it! Like, <laughs> yeah. So... Edward takes the dart from Rick because this whole conversation Rick's been throwing darts at Freddy, the picture of Freddy's face on his dartboard and Edward takes it and he gets ready and he's gonna like, mm, chuck it and it's like no 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 better than that so they go out the door to go to dinner Edward comes and takes the dart and just Ugh, like chucks it at that <laughs> dartboard but now we're at school the next day and let's see how this is gonna work I think Freddy's 15 minutes of fame have finally ended. Let's try it one last time. You play both parts. Hark! Who goes there in the darkness? Tis I, Aramis. Tis Aramis. Approach and be recognized. Did anybody ever tell you you look like the guy over here? We're dead meat. We're gonna be laughed off the stage. We're gonna have to go to another high school under assumed names. Hi guys! <laughs> what are you doing here? Why aren't you on TV talking with the puppets? <laughs> Wait, you hear this? I could do the show after all. I canceled the spot on Noontime New York. Really? Well, my dad and I felt the timing wasn't right. I don't want to saturate the public before I get a shot at the Carson show. Uh -huh. I can relate to that. Can't you? <laughs> Personally, I would have started with Donahue, then moved up to Merv. <laughs> the good news is we decided doing the Three Musketeers would not hurt my career, since this is theater and that's TV. And the bad news is we don't care. <laughs> All right, I'll admit it. The reason I'm not doing the show is he said I was yesterday's news. Figures! They bought me for a guy who developed the prune the size of a stove. Sweet. I'll see that. They said it was more visual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe someday they'll have me back when they do the Where Are They Now segment. Yeah. <laughs> I sure like want to pick you up tonight. Never. Oh, uh, I forgot. I can't go. I I promised my mom I'd help her watch television. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh. Looks like flipping Connell Maney has peaked. This is the worst day of my entire life. Oh, give me a break, Freddy. Did you guys ever read my press clipping? <laughs> Seen it? Sorry, we have a show to do in five minutes. Yeah, worth two musketeers. Hey, I know where you can find a third. Who's got the costume, the hat, and knows the part? Kind of. Hey, forget it. Yeah, we'd rather make fools of ourselves. Wait a minute, guys. I've been acting like a rubozo lately. You two guys are the best friends I could ever have. And I deserted you. I don't blame you if you never want to speak to me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's not all your... 
No. Freddy, you really shafted us. Yeah. And we were counting on you. You act like we didn't even exist. Do you know what that feels like? Every day of my life. Let's go. Don't say it. I want fuel. <laughs> what would be the classy thing to do? Keep walking and never turn back. <laughs> oh, he's crying. Yeah. Let him do it. Park. Who goes there in the darkness? Freddy Lippin Cattleman. Tis I, Aramis. There we go. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, that's cool. They all pulled it down. <laughs> So I gotta say, the boys' costumes, Alfonso and Rip, they look nicer. They each got like a little ruffle, like blousey type white shirt underneath. And then of course they got like a red sash. And I don't know, it looks a lot better than it did in the beginning. So right now they're still a man down. Nobody wanted to take um, Artemis's role or whoever Freddy's supposed to be. And Rick's like, I'll oh, just play two parts. And he'll, he he does his line and goes over like, Hark, who goes there in the darkness? And then he steps over like five feet and like, it is I, Artemis or something like that. And Alfonso's like, you know, we're going to get, we're going to suck. We are definitely going to suck. They're going to laugh us off stage. We're going to have to transfer schools under assumed names. Freddie, of course, is like, hi, guys, how are you? And they're, like, turning their backs on him, like, we don't want to talk to you, Freddie. And apparently, Freddie says, oh, I changed, like, the, the interview thing or something. And I guess his father didn't want to exploit Freddie too, too much, like, too much of Freddie too soon. Um, turns out, of course, we all know that this was going to happen. They could care less about Freddie. And now Freddy is crawling back to Rick and Alfonso. And they're just like, look, you kind of screwed us over um, for your fame. And we're just, we're not about that. We would rather do this ourselves than have you join us. So poor, poor Freddy stands by his locker as Rick and Alfonso walk towards the auditorium and they look over. Poor Freddy, you see his bottom lip, his chin trembling, like he is about near tears. I am like, oh, Freddy, this is his final episode. Finally, the boys are like, all right. As Rick says, hark, who goes there? Because <laughs> Freddy put the costume on, on, you know, he had it in his locker and he's like, Trying to go with, like, how are Kugos there? And it's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. But then, of course, bottom lip tremble. <laughs> They're like, okay, Friday. Hark, who goes there? It is I, Artemis! And they all run off together. Freddy's got his sword and gets stuck in the ceiling. And I like how all the boys come together, put their hands on the one sword, and pull it down and walk off into the auditorium. That was a cute send off. As I said, I figured this wasn't going to be a big send off for Freddy. His family isn't moving anywhere. We don't, 
I'll be interested to see if we get a Freddy name drop as, you know, the rest of Season 4 starts to wind down in Season 5. If we don't, we might have gotten JT's name dropped once. And I think that was during the Hot Shot episode when Rick sold those faulty cameras. Derek, of course, moved to St. Louis, so we haven't heard about him, how he's doing, none of that stuff. So Freddy's out. Brad, of course, is going to take Freddy's place as the cool dude. I think they kind of figured, like, there really isn't going forward in the series. Rick is getting cooler. Freddy is just kind of there, and he doesn't really gel with, like, moving forward and stuff with Rick in high school. And it's like, Freddy, we have, Corky, we have no place for you. I'm sorry we have to let you go. I can't see this as something that they would have just dropped on him, like, after he got done filming the scene. Oh, Corky, come here for a second. Um, look, I, I'm sorry you were great the last three and a half, you know, now four seasons. We, unfortunately, there isn't a place for you moving forward. We have Brad here. He is actually going to replace you, so. But you did good work, Corky. You did great work over four seasons, so thank you for this. You can get your final paycheck, like, in the mail. Yeah. All right. Time for the train rating for the episode. I'm definitely giving this one a three out of five. It's average. Um, I really like, you know, Edward talking a little bit, sensing to Rick, just saying, you know, his reasons for why Rick probably feels the way he does, aside from the jealousy and everything, that there's a little truth to that, that maybe Rick needs to feel needed by Freddy to feel, you know, a little important and stuff like that. And maybe now the fact that he really didn't at the time, just Rick didn't like that. I don't know. There's many ways to take that. Um, I like that Kate helped out with the outfits at first. And I know she said, you know, I don't really know how to sew. <laughs> um, let's see. The other one, I really liked at the end that the boys did finally forgive Freddy and it just, oh, I felt so bad for Freddy, you know? I mean, yeah, he was kind of a miracle and the way he acted with the, I love this, and, you know, blowing off the play and everything. But it just, just his, his chin, you could just see, like, he was about ready to cry. It's like, oh, Freddy. So, yeah, for, this was a nice send-off for Freddy, you know, for the actor that just, it was good. I am applauding you, Corky Pigeon. You did great as Freddy. It's just so fun watching you grow up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the two things I didn't like about it, I did not like, of course, Freddy's father hated him. Really don't like him. I'm happy we don't have to see him ever again. Um, and the only other thing I didn't care for was kind of minuscule but the whole thing with Edward like going to get the door even though that that door that remote door opener thing has been there on that table for years and he's like oh let me kneel down and like use my forearms that are also dirty to open the door like come on man just use the button you hit button and you're right you're right there so silver spoonful for that guys friends are gonna do those things sometimes they're gonna act like they don't need you or they're gonna want their moment in the spotlight you know they're gonna do just something that's gonna make you not like them like why was I ever friends with you in the first place kind of feeling but you can either chocolate up to 
them just having a moment and forgiving, forget and move on and just have your friendship. Because honestly, a friendship's going to last longer than 15 minutes of fame. So going forward with season two, I'm going to be doing things a little different. Instead of two episodes, I'm going to be doing three episodes at a time, but I'm only releasing three episodes at a time. I'm going to be in one episode. That's going to be twice a month. So you'll be getting, instead of four episodes, you're going to be getting six. Three episodes in one. Um, I'm not going to go through the episodes point by point by point. I usually do, and it draws it out, and I just, I want to hit the good, good points. I, I want to make sure you know, I'm getting the content in there for you guys, so I don't want to cheapen you, but I really, I kind of want to, I don't want to speed all the way through it, but I just, I kind of want to wrap things up this year. And just with everything going on, I just, I think, that way you guys are getting more content. You're getting two extra episodes. I know that's like this, but you know what I mean. So, alright, so, looking forward to the next three episodes are going to be season... For episode 13, Second Class Parent, while Edward is out of town, Kate gives Rick permission to go to Fort Lauderdale for winter vacation. Season 4, episode 14, The Lady is a Tramp. Rick invites a bag lady to dinner where she makes quite an impression on a client of Edward's. And season 4, episode 15, Stratton and Stratton, which aired January 12th, 1986, Rick invites a or invents a board game called Rock Express, but refuses to take Edward's advice on how to market it. Well, we know then that game, board game is going to fail. All right, so I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will be back with, <laughs> as I said, Second Class Parent, The Lady is a Tramp, and Stratton and Stratton. If you guys would like to email the podcast, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. You can tell about your Silver Spoons memories, any comments you have on previous episodes I've recorded, any memories on episodes coming up. So, all right. Stay home, stay, <laughs> stay healthy, and stay positive. Bye-bye, everybody.